then you so can't. That's it. We're down now, mate. After how much setup? We had like thirty minutes, didn't we? And uh, seriously, we've got about ten minutes to finish this podcast. <laughs> ten minutes, five minutes. bust through it. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're not Formula One race drivers getting the tires changed, are we? Like, no, no, no. How do we, bro? Just throwing it right back. I thought I couldn't have asked for a better first episode than someone like yourself. So for someone who's listening to this podcast, Marco, he himself is a filmmaker who's got himself onto Netflix. That's right, mate. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. Tell everyone that if you want, like, that's that's cool, but... No. No, not Netflix. I thought it was on Netflix, mate. Which one? <laughs> the, the old TIE fighter. Nah, the... man, it's on National Geographic. But I've seen it on... I've seen one of your mates post on their stories that 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 episode got onto the it was future. it was like on their Cody fire stick you know them fire sticks people have back in England where like you get all the pirate stuff oh. and it comes up and they were like subscribed to Nat Geo so it came up on their homepage next to Netflix and everything oh I know cut that out but yeah it's, that makes makes Marcus sound really good and he's, well, he's a legend as he is but this is extra you know every person I've introduced you to mate I've said yeah he's done a Netflix documentary <laughs> put the record straight and I thought I'd get the combo with you mate because you've worked with some big gigs I've seen you interview bloody Kevin Hart Stormzy yeah and Graham Hancock from the other day like you've got in front of some big names and we're going to dive deep into lad culture how you find flow makes is like a creative you're into. Yeah, just introduce yourself, mate. If you were to like say who you are in a few wham bam sentences, what would you say? Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. I've made films for Netflix before. <laughs> yeah, I'm just just a guy in Bali making vi- videos, making films, commercials, documentaries, and just yeah, living life, chilling out. This, this is the thing. This is why I love you a lot because you're very you've achieved quite a lot. You've pursued a career and a dream lifestyle but like, I've seen you do talks the one at Dojo <laughs> and the guy is so humble you know he's a very humble <laughs> fella and you, you speak low of your accomplishments which is just to say what are your plans for the future if this is humble to you like you yeah. feel like you've made it and lots of people think sugar like Marco's got his own personal brand he's worked with Lab Bible and big viral content and stuff what is next for the Marco Brandelovich? I guess it's strange because my target was always making a life where I could just chill out sure. and and now I am pretty relaxed and chill and I work on my own terms and there's no stress and I can pretty much do whatever I want wherever I want That's whenever nice. I want so I've kind of achieved that and if I was to push the boundaries further I think it would introduce a lot more stress into my life and right. uh, if I was to like expand my a production company and open an office it, it comes with like a lot of work and Right. you know a lot of organising sure. so at the moment I'm at a level and if I do want to push it it's going to be stressful but I think you've got to keep on challenging yourself right yeah oh so, yeah like the comfort zone is a dangerous place yeah I'm, I am very much in that comfort zone at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah this is a good question this leads on what is stopping you from doing that like you just said is it the discomfort of is it worth it like is it worth my angst like is it worth my emotional mental how do you make those decisions the yes or no's for going forward are you a visionary because i know you are you're like creative mastermind (laughs) so obviously your brain works this way a little bit like myself so like me i've got so many bloody little dingle ideas up here you'd be surprised (laughs) um but it's like how do you say right this is my end goal and how do you set goals for yourself in a way like 
what is success to you if you were to say that I think personal success um, yeah, I, al- I always set the target around five years ago when the idea was to break out of corporate not not working a job and just live on my own terms sure. and now I've, ach- I've achieved that and I'm living on my own terms going forward I feel like if I set more targets it's going to push me back towards that corporate lifestyle or a lifestyle where I'm not working on my own terms and um, I haven't got as much time for leisure activities I'm spending more of my time working sure. um, I spent so much of my time and so much effort and so much hard work trying to break away from that right. so that's why I'm a little bit wary about setting targets and what to do next because okay. I don't want to get brought back into that corporate world where sure. I'm just working, working, working Right. so yeah it's like that it's a negative reminder of what you don't you don't want to go the yeah, dark side. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, man. Like, and, and why why does it give you those ideas? Like, why does the corporate life not for you? Is it the wise for that? I don't know, man. Like, it's it's definitely for something. Sure. If you can work a nine till five job and you love your job, you go home, you spend some time with your family or your partner, and you enjoy your life. Go out on the weekends, have a few drinks, sound. But sure. for me, I just. I couldn't, I couldn't gel with that life at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I guess you're all the same, right? Oh man, yeah. Well, my, my dad's a flat earther, so don't. <laughs> and, and he just like he just mic dropped his way out of GCHQ, which is government headquarters. So, like for me, I think he was a good influence for me. And what that's a good good question to you as well. I knew I was a bit more creative, and even in my school life, you know, I was the one to turn up late like a muppet, but still try and get me grades and stuff. You know, I was never never like to follow the book even in the exams but the, the best questions I've ever done I don't know if it's like you mate you've written like a fire result <laughs> but because it didn't fit the curriculum in the box it, it just didn't get high marks mate I don't know about you right. like what was your influences to step and go against the grain and do what you really want to do like what was that, mm. that turning point so I graduated university had no idea what, what I wanted to do sure. in my life and my friend was working in China as an English teacher and I was like Sounds pretty good. Sounds uh, good. I'll come out there. You know, he said they'd be getting paid loads of money. All it's like cool. Chinese kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teaching kindergarten, it can't be hard, right? Pretty easy. But yeah, I turn up. The pay were like £4 an hour or something. And I, I had to pretty much be like a Butlin's red coat, just like doing the YMCA every morning. <laughs> Give us your best YMCA, kid. mate. Go on. <laughs> get, let's get it on, man. Let's. Uh, did you ever have those things where you're on holiday and you've seen the reps, you're like, I want that job? <laughs> no, I never. personally never had that, man. No? <laughs> no. Oh, that's, that's something more down your street, I think. Like, I can see you working in Butlins. Or... <laughs> so this is a question to you, mate. So you don't want to make yourself look like a muppet, which I do on the daily. <laughs> what made you think, okay, my mate's done this Chinese teaching. Actually, yeah. So that's pretty damn cool. How did you carve out this new profession and how did you find it? You know, how did you find yeah, it? Yeah, well... I went to China because it was the idea of like traveling and breaking away from England. Sure. I thought, okay, it's gonna be cool. I'll be working, but I get to like explore this new place. But I was still in China. Yeah, I was in a different country, but I was doing a job that I didn't really like. Right. Kindergarten teaching. It's just like I don't know. It's not for me. Sure. And they're only teaching like one hour a day. Rest of the time, like I just like play Gangnam Style in back at classroom and get all kids fired up and get told off by other teachers. So, <laughs> so you did say you weren't made out for the YMCA job. You were there. I'm Gangnam Style. I'm down for that. I'm down for that. What, YMCA. What? I don't know. Don't know about uh, the village people. Not <laughs> not the biggest fan. Uh, no, I think you're down but, for it, mate. I think you're. Look, <laughs> my legs going down, mate. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go into it. What we're getting to is like finding your flow. So when things are like meaningful to us yeah a purple purple string 
and emotionally keep us safe and engaged like how did you find that profession and like how did you find that idea of okay I'm in it and I'm going to pursue this or yeah it was just for me it's just always been the motivation to um to break out so when I was in China I was abroad experiencing culture but I was still doing a job I didn't like so I was like okay I'm here but it's not really doing what I wanted to do right. I left China went to Thailand and I was like wow this is even better this is amazing how can I carve out a life where I can just pretty much go to Thailand if I want on my own terms right. and just live so from that I was just like okay I've got to graft 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 so every night after work graft graft in the floor just absolutely zoned in Monday to Friday, nine till five working, five till 10 working on side hustles just to achieve that life. And I guess that was my juice and that was my, that was what was propelling me forward to sure. to uh, get into the zone and just crack on. Throwing it back to that comment you said earlier, you were like, I've got this, I know what I want, but I don't want to kind of push it to the, the stage of like an empire. Cause I think yeah. you could have an empire. If you, <laughs> I think everybody could if they shot for the stars and really yeah. went for it, but like, Obviously, you have that determination and drive to get to where you have now. Yeah. But what has made you think, okay, I've, do you feel like you've made it? If that makes I feel sense? like I'm driving down to London and I'm at Leicester Forest Service Station <laughs> and I'm just having a chill, you know, sure, yeah. in Mackey's. <laughs> I'm like on my journey, but I'm just, it's nice. This service station's pretty nice. It's comfy. It's got like a bridge over at motorway. There's like, you know, loads of like different cafes and restaurants, comfy chairs. Sure. I'm chilling. I, I can see London in the distance, but... I'm not ready to get back in car yet. I'm just uh, just waiting. Good man. Hitchhiking for the next next thing. You're like something picks you up. Yeah. And it propels you into the future. Are you waiting for something like that, or are you just getting by, feeling comfortable? Why are you feeling comfortable right now? I'm feeling comfortable because I spent so many of my years yearning to want to leave the UK and be able to do what I wanted to do, and now I can just pretty much do whatever I please relatively. And go wherever I want. So that's why that's why I'm so comfortable. Because I've got this kind of personal freedom. Right. But Mind then, sense. are you really free if you're not pushing yourself? That's the question. That's Maybe I'm a prison prisoner of my own comfort. Yeah, so drum roll that one. <laughs> uh, that is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've got off. Yeah, you've got off the. It sounds like an adrenaline-filled lifestyle from from student life into this now comfort zone. And you're only 28, mate, aren't you? I'm old. I'm getting on. You know, it should have been one of those things where I just kept that private. That was a bit too public. Well, you're a prime example. A lot of young men out there would probably be very inspired by this chat and seeing you do it. And uh, again, we're both nowhere near where we want to be. And it was a... That's, that's, that's crazy that you're there though, because you're, yeah. you're 23? 23, mate. 23. Yeah, 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 so. that's, that's pretty... Because I, I think I, I only went to Thailand when I was 23 and I was so far away from achieving what I wanted to achieve and you're already there but I, living I think, it man but the thing is like lots of people have said that to me but I think it's like a whose timeline are you really on you know yeah. is there really any urgency to do what you really want to do I think for me it was always just a spark of like Josh you've got this is what I love to do and I'm in it and just pursuing it I think for me it was like a purpose filled lifestyle I was like okay I'm not doing anything to do with sitting and taking orders by little you know the old time I had to there was too many times mate I had to clear aisle five with me it's just spilled over by by a few babies but yeah no, I mean I knew for me it was just that that okay Josh it's in for you you're quite a creative mind you've got something to, to deliver and you're just going to go with it what was the indicators did you feel some kind of like uncomfort you knew the the life 
ahead of you did you have any like cursors of like what was you seen and what you didn't want to become like yeah. I had a conversation with someone and he said he's seen the, the guys in the finance like 20 years on and he said <laughs> I, 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 they've been in the same company ticking up the clock and like yeah. doing, doing what the corporate packages do and feed you the carrot and donkey analogy but he, he said I sort of fast forwarded into the distance seen them so I don't want to be that so he flew off a lot like yourself so yeah. did you have any cursors to think oh sh- that's gonna be me in 20 years and I didn't want that at all I know. definitely did and there's a moment that stands out when I was at uni I was um, I was a DJ as well hosting parties doing events and um, in my third year of uni I nearly I nearly dropped out and I was just gonna become a full-time DJ sure. I thought yeah I'm just gonna do that I'm gonna make that as a life and I remember being in a club one night and seeing this promoter DJ guy who's probably he's probably getting on his onto 40 and uh, what name any names but did he look haggard I just thought them bags under them eyes and how unhealthy and how wrecked his body must be just from all them sleep them nights of no sleep like sleep so important isn't it and I just kind of thought like what am I doing get back into uni get your degree done and stop stop being stop being an arsehole and stop yeah, pretending yeah. you're a DJ. So yeah, I just but what, cracked what, on. This is a really good question for you, mate. What made you pursue the DJ? Was it like, because I know for me as a young lad, that's cool. It's like an ego thing. Yeah. Like, oh God, like, all the birds love me. You know, I'm, I'm a, the center of attention. You know, I've got like, I'm, I'm pumping, pumping the twerking <laughs> sessions out on the dance move. You know, it's down to me to create the vibes. It's like all of me, me, me. Okay, I'm, this this name and I think lots of us there's a huge question about branding and kind of why why you do what you do yeah and the health hunk sounds like oh god this guy's gonna be a big fat ego and <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain degree of ego we need yeah um but what made you pursue that and like the idea of ego break it right down mate I'd love to, to hear yeah I, with with DJ and there is a lot of ego obviously you stood behind some decks in a club and you've got maybe 50, 100, some DJs have tens of thousands of people all just like looking at them, staring at them, like waiting on their every last move. You're in control of so many people and it can go to your head, I guess. And to promote yourself, it's very much like a, it's a personal brand, isn't it? So I guess there is a lot of ego attached and you know, you do find girls always love behind, love coming behind the decks and the, the secret VIP. That's it, they love it, they love it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably had a bit of a lift. <laughs> Can I get guest list? Can I get guest list? Yeah. Get us a free bottle of vodka. No, that's us Essex, man. Yeah, me, me Essex mates won't be pleased with that. That's another world down there, man. All that towie lot. Oh, mate. Aside from the ego side, I've always been into into music a hell of a lot, like as a kid. Sure. Serbian music, um, like Ibiza trance music. Oh, Loved it, oh, 90s. Serbian music. Serbian music. Well, because I'm half Serbian, I've always had like influence of Serbian music. My dad introduced it to me as a kid. A lot of it was like war songs and like music videos, like people riding on tanks and like with guns and all like singing about different ethnic <laughs> inviting and stuff. Yeah. Pretty intense music. Was there like dances to that as well? Oh yeah. mate, this, this Serbian dancing, that's a, that's a, that's a pure art form. You can cut <laughs> some B-roll, man. You know, I downloaded virtual DJ, used to pretend I were a DJ on my laptop and on me and my mates all like swapping tunes, swapping tunes. Sure. And it, yeah, it came out of a real passion for the music. It was kind of like collecting Pokemon cards, like collecting all like the newest tunes, being on top of the game, seeing what's coming out. Sure. Like fashion, I guess, as well. But just listening to music, it got me so hyped up and I loved that adrenaline. 
and that feeling of just like when you're in a club and your favourite song comes on and you just go nuts and that that for me is why I wanted to become a DJ because it kind of links to what I do now I love taking people on an emotional journey and that's what I try and do with my documentaries I like the idea of yeah sending people on a journey and like playing with them like a bit of euphoria a bit of sadness slowing it down bringing it up so with DJing you're pretty much taking people on a journey and you're creating an experience for them so, sure. so I feel like that's why I make documentaries as well because it's all about yeah creating an experience for people sure an experience that I'd kind of like to have myself I guess in a way ah I see so it's kind of like a, it's a feedback so you're feeling okay you've created an experience yeah and you're getting the positivity of ah oh, made this person feel good in a sense I guess so I'm just a I'm just a people place yeah, oh, that's a whole new topic about <laughs> but, being, yeah, yeah. but what it is it's like when you you only watch something mm-hmm. and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up yeah. or you you listen to a song and it resonates with you so deeply that those moments are the moments you live for and those moments are the moments you remember in life and I kind of just like to make things like that that can resonate with people and maybe nice. give them them feelings and them emotions because I feel like that's like the little diamonds of life that we experience yeah I couldn't agree more it's like yeah like a you base things on yeah experiences memories like working with um, Alzheimer's patients in the, in the day they always remember their earliest memories first but it's like a shaky bookcase so mm-hmm. the stronger the memory the stronger the experience the stronger ingrained it is so I'm sure you're just like it that's why adrenaline junkies go for what they do you know? right I, I mean that's probably why they chase that uh, adrenal lifestyle let's take like the, the psychological um, chemistry a little bit so with yours it's lots of dopamine you know it's like quick quick, quick kicks you know like oh yeah. god I'm kicking them off and it's like oh this feels great how did you make it sustainable when we'd say dopamine versus serotonin or oxytocin the, the more long lasting like long term goals of having just a better well being and just feeling more psychologically with it mm-hmm. um, how do you pursue that so you were in a very kind of like adrenal lifestyle the dopamine ah oh, like, I'm getting the party pumping and yeah uh, how do you make transfer that into okay this is more of a long term I guess that's why you found what you did with documentaries yeah well I remember being at uni when I was in the middle of DJing and my head was a mess man like I wasn't getting enough sleep I was doing quite a lot of drugs drinking partying all the time and I remember a moment where I was like top of the stairs and I was looking down I was like what the hell I'm even doing my life like what am I doing was that like an escape did you know deep down this wasn't for me? Like, because we'll get onto another real biggie yeah. question in a minute. But like, how did you get to the point of like all this life that I'm living here, all this like high, high, high adrenal, you know, I'm getting girls left, right and center, I'm the center of attention, I'm setting up these quality experiences. Yeah. How did you then think, or almost like lose yourself? Did you have like a turning point? Yeah, so that was the turning point. I was, t- okay. I was, Still at the top of my stairs, I was like, right, I'm not going to drink anymore, I'm not going to do drugs anymore, I'm just going to start eating healthy, start start, start uh, working out, start going running. And yeah, I just I just turned, turned it all around quite quite quickly. I just stopped taking all kinds of substances. I was still around people who were getting up on a regular and taking all kinds of stuff, but I just kind of abstained. Went to Ibiza for two weeks, didn't, didn't do anything, just... Uh, think I'd have, maybe I might have had like a few beers or something and yeah it, 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 it was kind of difficult but it wasn't difficult as well because it, 
I knew that that old life weren't wasn't serving me at all. And how, how you know it's like lots of push and pulls, and I love the idea you went to Ibiza for two weeks, and were your mates getting on it and doing the old party? Like yeah, stuff? heavy. <laughs> and how did they like make? Was that like an external influence for you? Oh God, I should just join in, or are you being like kind of pressured into things? Did you ever get any of those influences, and how did you stick true to your? dignity if you know what I mean like oh I've made this decision gonna stick through be will willpower with it how did you stick stick with it mate if that makes sense yeah I, I just kept I just kept the memory close of how it, how it made me feel and how it, sure. how it was making me just feeling like shit to be honest and sure. it's like now I don't really drink because I just keep that memory of how a hangover feels <laughs> and I keep it close so if I ever think about drinking I'm like you know what that like, I'd rather just not because Sure. Yeah, so I just keep that memory close and being around other people who were getting on it and everything. Luckily, I don't have that much of an addiction or addictive personality when it comes to substances, so I can abstain. Sure. Um, so I just I just st- stick around them, wouldn't judge them for it. That's You, you can't judge anyone else for doing things. Oh, no, yeah. You just fall out with them. So just let them do what they want and I just I just do my own thing and still have a laugh and still, still crack on. And... Uh, Crack yeah. on, that's, that, that's left to the imagination, that one. <laughs> I completely get you, mate. And that's, that's your rare breed of someone who's just thought you've hit a turning point and you're like, there needs to be something to change, you know? Mm. And I think I hit that exact same thing. And this this goes back to me and you. I think we've had similar backgrounds, mate. If you, We might even prop them up here, man, two pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but me and, me and Marco had the same mullet section <laughs> we had like there was a face mate wasn't there remember when it was like oh who's got the bigger mother yeah mother GHDs get your GHDs <laughs> GHDs like little mini mullets coming down here as well mother, you had those yeah man straight and mullets down, down like your cheekbones oh, down here it's going off oh it's going it's off it's going man. off at least you didn't get down to the chin straps there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least you didn't get there but I mean this, this is what I mean this is like we both kind of live the same background that's why I love to have you right here and, and uh We've both lived in that element. You you played footy, didn't you, mate? You had yeah, the sport in the I tried. tried. <laughs> We're yet to play. I mean, you're a wicked runner. <laughs> About to hit another beach run. And that's why I'm quite into it. Every time like Marcus like, yeah, let's go for a run on yeah. Sunday. I'm like, man, this is me. This is ego hitter. Every time I'm like, oh God, I'll take the dog for a run. Pretend the dog is just my pacemaker. You see Marco in the distance, he's a dog. <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah come on then, Josh just pick it up three quarter pace <laughs> at least you could try and come for the run though I've never even made it to nest for one of your strength classes <laughs> yeah this is it this is I'm it. too scared of that <laughs> <laughs> I'll go easy on you it's that comfort zone oh. mate it's that comfort zone it's a dangerous place <laughs> to be honest you're, you're very wise man if, if anyone knows and is aware of Chang Yu Marco's taking a tactical move <laughs> to take on that dreaded shortcut which just 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 pothole central, and you're on like a little push bike. Yeah, man. So it's it's like uh, it's like Crash Bandicoot going through like, one of those <laughs> levels, isn't it? Like a boulder is coming down the ridge. You need that ugger bugger thing to like make sure you're gonna be alright. Oh my god! up in that rice field easily. Oh, so many cars up, aren't there? Oh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's viral content, which we one day we are gonna we're gonna do a project, aren't we? Yeah. Don't mean you. We we like the little skits and the yeah. creative sides. And why do we like those little fun skits? Like, what's the reason why we like creating those mini vids? I've had lots of people say, Josh, you spend lots of time on your stories and stuff on Instagram. It's just having like this creative flair of, of creating those little pieces of content. And Mark has done it plenty of times. And it's, why do you find those mini projects 
better than those biggies that you do for corporate gigs and stuff yeah like, what's the reason for it do you think you have an answer for that mate it's cathartic isn't it it's like it's a release it's like meditation you go into a trance when you've got a stupid idea and yeah I like making serious stuff and sending people on emotional journeys but I also like making absolutely stupid funny stuff and I feel like I'm most at home when I'm doing that it's a struggle when you're making like emotional serious stuff but making funny content and playful stuff it's just like it's like you're back it's like you're a kid you're at the park you're going on the swings going down the slides you're just Sure. Having it out, man. Just yeah. Having it out. <laughs> just going, yeah, yeah. And I, I get it too. And it's like, what, like obviously, it's the humor aspect. And like, how do you? How important do you feel humor is in today's world? Uh, it's everything, man. I mean, if if there's anything I could tell a younger version of myself, would just be like, laugh more, have more of a laugh, trying to take everything too seriously. Right. And uh, yeah, humor should be the core of everything. And if you lose that sense of humor or sense of you know, lightheartedness about yourself mm-hmm. and you take stuff too seriously then that's when that's when things can start to go wrong, man. I agree. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You get I think it's when you get stuck in your own head of like, oh if I Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you find it, don't you, where you you've done something, you don't think twice about it. And I think with these things, with humour, you just don't think twice, it just comes out naturally. Mm. And like how do you find again, humour comes with self awareness, I think but also like a sense of style and how do you find your style of humour that makes sense it's quite a deeper question but like how yeah. do you find that mate because it's quite a big to a lot of guys out there or girls um, that might want to just think okay how can I be funny like some people literally think I'm not funny and right I'm, and what would you say to those kind of people my parents are pretty funny I think oh. that got passed down to me my mum's got a good sense of humour she finds a lot of humour in different stuff Sure. So I think that got passed down to me. Then, as a kid, I spent a lot of time on the internet. So I'm, you know, watching like Salad Fingers and oh, oh, oh god, um, um, was it Cumberdale? What's his name? <laughs> Hubert Cumberdale. Hubert Cumberdale. I've got a fish cooking in the oven. That how sick was I that? I like rusty spoons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wasn't weird, man. That wasn't too weird. Uh, but <laughs> if people don't know what we're on about, they're gonna be like, "Oh mate, you can get into a dark side of the internet." I think. Yeah. Salad fingers was a, a little bit. It was all right, you know. I've seen way worse. Yeah, yeah. But but, but internet humor from that to like memes today, offensive memes. Sure. I love quite kind of shocking humor stuff that's like what you shouldn't really say, but someone says it anyway. That's quite British, and it? it's quite sarky. It's quite. Like, yeah, dark humor, dry. dark humor. Dark you know, humor. like your Frankie Boyle. Okay. People like that, you know. Who, Not really um, know, mate, but what does he do? Frank Bell, a stand-up comedian, and okay. he's just like, savage. Savage. Absolutely savage. Right, right, if, you, <laughs> right, if you've got any influence, how do you be savage to me right now, mate, in one comment? How do I be savage? Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm much of a savage myself, to be honest. No, I just I like guess. consuming savage jokes and savage content. It makes me laugh the most. Sure. But when it comes to being savage myself, yeah, I'm not. Maybe in my WhatsApp group with my friends, but outside of that, yeah, this in the is, real world, yeah. try to, try to be nice to people. Yeah, no, I wouldn't see it as yeah. You, you're yeah the opposite of that. You're very good nature, mate. I wouldn't say there's anything inflicted. This is it. It was throw it right back. This is like now lad. Let's like banter. Yeah. This is the, I'd love to Bant, open cheeky banter. Cheeky, cheeky bans, Nando's. A little bit cheeky, cheeky <laughs> bands. What is banter that goes too far? If you say savage right. banter, define banter. Yeah. And then what is banter that? 
just goes too far. Lots of lads out here will probably resonate with this. So mm. I'm asking you this. I think, I think with Frankie Boyle, he's a stand-up comedian and it's an act. And in real life, he's actually really intelligent and he writes articles for like The Guardian. He's done lots of documentaries. Sure. Really serious stuff with always with an air of humour as well. So that's why he's so good. Um, and you pay to go see him and it's a show. And if he's ripping you for being ginger and stuff like that and absolutely going in... If, if he's going in on you, then... It's acceptable, sure. but in day-to-day life, you know, some people think they're stand-up comedians, but they're not, are they? It's true. They're, they're just dickheads. Yeah. yeah. And that's when it goes a bit too and, too um, far. What is the idea of a dickhead in that situation? So, like a bantorious dickhead. Yeah. Why is it that they're a dickhead? Is it just getting too personal, or is it just yeah? Like, why do you think that they are doing that? I think a, a lot of people who are dickheads are suffering to yeah. get all deep and fucking spiritual about it, sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> namaste, brother. Namaste. I think that every dickhead should meditate now. Um, they need to come to Ubud, do a cacao ceremony, find themselves, and everyone will be alright now. I mean, that's like Winston Churchill speech that needs to be broadcast Why, to what? the nation that says, oh, the dickheads need to come out and do well, it. But is, is it right? So, what would you say? Just like more self awareness? Yeah, I guess yeah. self-awareness, being aware, like, why why are you acting that way? And it's usually, when someone's been, when someone, when one of your mates, out of the blue, is a twat to you, or sure. says something a bit nasty, sure. probably something going on in their life, which yeah. has made them on edge, and sure. say something like that. So a lot of these, a lot of people out there who, you know, take stuff too far, yeah. are like, pretty confrontational, often they've had a lot of problems in their life. It's true. I think. I think though that if it was this great shout, and I think lots of people say it's a reflection of their insecurity. If someone's picking yeah. out things of you and what you're doing really well or whatever, they'll use that as ammunition. If that makes sense. Yeah. But like someone like me and you, I think we're the same, like similar in this sense. I've known you for some time now, mate. <laughs> and it's like it's like we 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 hold it back. Like we we could feel like shit, and like deep deep down, in pretty bad states. Someone like me, I probably keep it all to myself. Right. I'm like one of those bottlers, which is a bad move. I think lots of people should open up about it, and that really helps. But like, I would the last thing of coping would be to fire out an insult to someone or something. Right. Again, I think that just comes down to how you grew up, how like all the influences of how you cope with things. Like for me, I was at school where I used to always actually feel pain giving out pain so it's just like I was throwing out shit so if I said oh mate your beard looks shit today you know like something like that like if I said that it actually doesn't make me feel any better at all it actually hurts me just as much right so it's like why would I why would I even say these things you know empathy is the biggest thing in the world but it's just like what differs that kind of person to the person that's like may not feel from what they're firing out if that makes sense I think they've probably been insulted like that in their life and it becomes normalised. Maybe the parents take the piss out of them or like, you know, don't really say nice things to them, aren't supportive. So they haven't really been told or taught how to how to speak to people properly and they just think that's the norm. So they'll just tell people sure. you look like a Oh you I'll fucking kick your head in your <laughs> I said runt, man, Ray that runt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel you, mate. I feel yeah. you. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, yeah, you're right. It's that, that that extra impact. And I think you're a good person to ask here, one of the best, that you've had this work with the Lad Bible and you were in their that's offices. Lad, 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 lad. 
Officers, man, crazy. Birds, prostitutes. Oh, no, no, it's now everyone's like going to work there. It's going to have like, like, <laughs> like thousands of applications now firing. So. Just Nando's <laughs> everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> Our office was Nando's. <laughs> and you had the footy on the, uh, the all the sports. Oh, and the yeah, yeah. Nando's and Wetherspoons. Was it good culture there, actually? Was it good? Yeah, man, I was surprised. I was at Unilad before. Oh, and uh, Oh, that was... Whoa. Whoa. Crossed the, crossed the tracks, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't go to that down too well. All one company now, so it was, oh. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Did you get any like inklings in that office? And I know it looks positive from what they're posting there, they're being way more vocal about mental health and this yeah. kind of things. Where do you think lad culture will go in the future, or how is it affecting men these days? That's right. the biggie for you. Yeah, I was so surprised. I thought it'd just be two lads working in the student house posting memes, but it was an office full of cool people like journalists uh, well young journalists and creatives and people who have like a real altruistic vision for the future and wanted to use the platform for good and Honestly. to spread pop, uh, messages of positivity sure. so i was like well this is this sounds pretty cool sure. and um especially now the platform's got such a big focus on promoting ladness um and a series of ethics around ladness which is helping people in the community being polite, being supportive, making sure your mates are feeling all right. Are you okay, mate? And you okay, mate? And oh, yes. all that type of stuff. Sure. So it's good that leading the kind of charge is a company which has the most eyes on it. It has the most men between 16 and 40 online. It's the biggest platform for that, for that demographic, I think, within the UK. Wow. It's a huge, it's a huge, it's huge, especially now they've merged together. So it's good that they're so conscious about that and conscious about uh, making content which um, tries to move away from the stereotypical lads, bants. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, that's, that's so positive. And like what you say, it was all, all about caring for one another, all about that giving a positive feeling to something else, right? And it's like you say with your DJ, like, it must be, there must be a motivation for it. Like we as human beings, why do you think we strive to help one another? Like why? I mean, these this day and age, there's so much changing now with the advent of social media. There seems to be so many social campaigns, whether it's against racism, sexism, transphobia. Is that yeah? Transphobia, yeah, 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 so mental health. Phobias out there, man. I hope they do something for arachnophobia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, in Bali, there's some big spiders out here. Oh. Man, if, if you have you had a few encounters no Mike so Mike yeah. had a, a wooden shout out to Mike Mikey down in South, South America South America man he's living it up he's doing yeah. Latino dances he's about the music very positive vibes yeah. very central and that's what the South American culture is all about and it's like they have a very uplifting beat about themselves and the reason why me and you were in Bali, we kind of escaped the UK and how it is going, <laughs> all going off tits up down there is Brexit. Oh, gosh. Uh, and um, and oh, how important is culture to, to I don't know, how, how people live and live in their best life? Okay. Well, I think it's good that, sorry to people that live in England, but I'm kind of glad that England's, I'm not glad, <laughs> but from my experience, I'm kind of happy that England was so sh- because uh, then it, it forced me to look for better elsewhere and search for something else. Sure. 
So if, if England had been just a little bit better and I wouldn't have hated it so much. I don't hate England. No. I don't want to say that. I meant the, the, the lifestyle I was living there. Right. It's a beautiful country though. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I love going back. I love spending time there. But yeah, if, 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 the, if, if the culture hadn't been a bit not to my liking, I'd have never come to Bali, come to Thailand and search okay. for something better. Why, why, what is it? What is the push, the biggest, like, top three push factors in the UK? Go. Back then, weather. Okay. Big one That's for me. Weather. Um, I'd say the lack of opportunities. Okay. And kind of positive mind frame to, to make things happen. That's I feel true. like out here, people are so open to, to work on projects to make things happen and have a desire to, to build something greater than themselves, where in England everyone's a bit more reserved. So, so if I was to ask you on this podcast back in the UK, you'd be like, oh, no, mate, that's yeah. it. I'm, I'm still well, a nasty. actually, <laughs> number three will be the people. Sure. I guess that ties into the optimism and positivity side, but... Sure. I think if you live in a city in the UK, what some of my friends do, and they've built like good careers there, and surrounded by creative people and people they have a lot in common with. Sure. You can kind of find your tribe in a city, but I don't really like living in cities. I'm more of a nature boy, Ta- boy Tarzan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I like being around nature. Get your feet out, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. flip flops. You know, flip-flops. I like I like that life. Shorts. So Bali just yeah makes sense to me. I, I'm I, living in Manchester. You, you could have a good time. You can meet a lot of friends. Sure. Um, and what, what do you think about Bali that ticks? You know, we both got those things. You know, we. There's a push, there's a pull. It pulled to some certain extent, I guess, is the vibe and the influence of Bali going viral and socials and stuff. Yeah. But like you're you're here now, and what makes you think, oh god, I got to keep coming back? Because <laughs> when we met, it was before Christmas. Went home, did we? And then I came here, and then we connected again when you got back. So obviously, there's a push pull from both of us. You yeah. Know, I had it. Even over Christmas, I was like, God, I can't do this much longer. <laughs> it was like it was like signing myself away. As much as I love my dog and me, me mum and dad, yeah, yeah, and my family, it was just like, Josh, this isn't your happy place, right? And I was just like, Well, I need to get back. So to you, mate, what would you say in Bali that's so mind blowing? It's say? interesting because last year during my stint out in Asia, mm. at the end, I was like, Right, I'm gonna get a mortgage. Mm. I'm gonna stay in England. I'm done with traveling. You know, I'm just gonna go traveling for like a month, a year, a few weeks right. here and there, holidays. Then after some time back in England, when I had time to reflect, I was like, "What am I on about?" <laughs> I'm, I want to go back to Bali, and what I realized is that I'd, I burnt myself out, and it wasn't Bali and this lifestyle I wasn't like loving. It was just the fact that I'd worked too hard, and I just needed time to slow down and reflect. And after a few months, I was I was ready to come out here again and every time I come out here I'm like I'm going to explore more of Indonesia because uh-huh. there's, there's 7,000 islands here right I yeah, yeah. always come to Bali and I get here and I'm just like nah I'm going to stay here <laughs> going to stay here you know go to the Gillies maybe but it's just some weird draw of the, the mm-hmm. local people and their positivity the, the culture the religion here being so open the people you meet here the kind of people that come from all around the world and and yeah, the opportunities, it's just, it's unrivaled to anywhere I've seen in the world. Couldn't agree more. And, and like, that's a good question for you because you've made multiple docs, documentaries on this, like following the locals around. So you've been deep into what they're Me. up to. And, and like, if you were to say like their code 
and what the takeaway should be for anyone listening out there. How do the Balinese, for example, let's just take Balinese, the tire are very similar, aren't they? Yeah. Very Asian. It's, what would you say, three takeaways for the people listening to here, how they live a very fulfilling life and what would you say people should take away from what they do? So first of all, they live in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Bahasa Indonesia doesn't have that many words to decipher the, the past from the future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah someone it, said that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And I don't know if that links to why, but either way, I think the religion makes them be very present as well here. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're all in the moment, enjoying their life. They kind of think that when it's your time to die, it's your time to die. And sure. they celebrate death in a different way. They do, yeah. With the cremation ceremonies, it's much more of a celebration of life rather than a mourning that um, we have in the UK where it's very sad and everyone wears black and you know you know what I was with me fate, I was, my nan passed away three three weeks ago rest in peace and uh, we had a yeah I went over to Nari's place which is my favourite Balinese lady by the way you should go Nari's homestay if you're watching this um, she, she's <laughs> shout quality. out shout out Nari <laughs> discount code um, health and 16 good review she likes good reviews <laughs> I think she's wicked and what surprised me with one of the stories we had I was like, Nari, thanks for doing this little ceremony. We had the little ceremony for me now. It was really sweet. But she was like, really positive about it. She was like, sorry, Nan. See you in the next life, Nan. Yeah. Very like, ah, see you in the next life. Yeah. So the idea of the fact that they've got faith. Death is a scary, bloody thing. What next? The unknown, you know, it's like, oh... The yeah. comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't know what's the comfort Is it like just black? Yeah. Beep. And then you're just gone forever and then you just you know or you're reincarnating or you know like what is the next life so to that that second point you were saying about that they're very positive and celebrate death why do you think that's why they're so positive about it you know it probably comes from the religion and the belief of spirits and afterlifes and the ancestors who live on and they always praise their ancestors you know they're always doing ceremonies for ancestors and Mm -hmm. play such a big part of, of their life so they feel like they, even after death, they still are part of this world in a way. We have gravestones, we have sites like that, and people get buried, and it's you know you go you go to visit them. I feel like every day, people are reminded and people are praising the ancestors and doing ceremonies, little little the little um, the little offerings, the spirits and things like that. So they're very much in touch with the spirit world here, or their their spirit world, sure. the Sekala and Niskala. Yes. The two different worlds, the oh, seen okay. and unseen, yeah. Ah, so, yeah, it's interesting. I'm learning here. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought it knew it all. I definitely <laughs> didn't. That's yeah. I think it's so true. And what what would you say is the opposite to spirituality? I know we all kind of need spirituality. Lots of guys out there listen to this. It's like woo woo and voodoo. They're like, well, <laughs> what is spiritual to someone who's brand new to it all? Like, how would you break it down? I know it's a pretty big old question. Yeah. You do your best to kind of say, bring it down to earth and what is spirituality and why is it so important? Would you say? I guess spirituality is having a belief in something bigger than yourself yeah. at its core. Whether that, that can be Islam, Christianity, Hinduism, mm-hmm. they all believe that there's something greater out there than them, some greater force at work, some greater creator. Yes. And it's, it's kind of humbling in a way because sure. you don't put yourself at the center of your universe you're always thinking about something bigger yes. so I think it makes you a lot, a lot more humble cool. and the opposite of that would be consumerism 
I feel. Mm-hmm. When you're idolizing consumer products, materialistic goods uh, for you and you're the center of your universe and it's all about yeah, buying something to to um to make you look better or to make you feel better or something like that. So I think that's two two sides of the same coin. Yes, I, I, you're so right, and it brings up the Hofstede's cultural dimensions. And he says that like, you got you go on his tests online. You bang in a country, say Germany, Russia, and whatnot, and it will show you which metrics they're most motivated by. Yeah, you see it in the Western world: Germany, UK, uh, the States. You know, they're all very short-term satisfaction, very instant gratification. Inst- that's exactly the word. Yeah, as far as I can. <laughs> she gratified you instantly mate what can I say hey I got the kick <laughs> where's your deck let's get on it man is, is that the reason why there's such a big divide and is that the reason why these cultures aren't so happy would you really break it down to that yeah because I feel like what comes with the instant gratification is getting drunk and doing mm. drugs to a, to a high extent because you don't have to work for anything to feel good you can just order a pint neck it neck another and right. you're sozzled and you're just having a laugh and it's fun it's sure. fun drinking but it is instant gratification because you're not doing anything you're not actually working to change your your, your state of mind whereas if you're if you're exercising hard if you're working on some projects mm-hmm. you're, you're changing your state of mind mm-hmm. but you're, you're doing it through effort sure. and it's not instant gratification because it kind of can be instant gratification you go for a run you feel better after sure. but you're putting some you're putting some effort in Right. that takes time right and, and you're right and it's like we do I mean, we do so much work and there is going to be an output and a positive one but like when do you feel like enough is enough like you said like what you've done with your like for yeah. example throwing it back to fitness we're the health hunk I know it's called the health hunk <laughs> life so we're alright we're, we're, we're just bringing it all together but like if for like fitness goals and things you see it mate you know the big pouty stage <laughs> professionals where's, where's your take on your where's your self tan man you set up the light all right i've seen some really um unhappy people i mean this is just facade and a show for something they've worked for but they're never satisfied like how do you discipline yourself to think okay enough is enough or is that a stupid question enough is enough in terms of like what you, you've p- pursuing your, your career to a point of depression or um so you're pursuing a goal yeah um so you with the fitness you're pursuing that dopamine and things and you've got that long-term goal and then hit success when you've got there then what i think you've got to be careful with goals and sometimes it's good to have short-term goals but always have like a long-term plan at the same time sure. so i think i see i obviously don't consume as much fitness content as you but what seems to be coming up a lot these days is people talking about longevity Right. and that being so important and functional training like we were watching the other day kettlebells <laughs> so you're not really you, you, you might have goals but the over, overarching goal is to improve the way you can live your life every day sure longevity it's going to help you in the future uh-huh. so if you're doing lots of stretching yoga taking care of your joints I felt it yeah yeah I, I, even, even as a coach in Tangu Nest we work very functionally we do stretches before every exercise and I tell you what um, for like three years of my lifting life I never stretched and right. I, I paid for it my hips were as tight as anything this is just for anyone starting out there please do your mobility work you know I hate the idea because it's like lots of um, know-it-all fitness gurus out there that just kind of stigmatise it and like oh they make stretching boring you know where stretching really is important open up your hips and your shoulders but like make sure you're doing the right stretches for yourself and there's a lot out there and that's, uh, that's what coaching can do for you
<laughs> another shout out. Another shout out. <laughs> Throwing it right back, so, so from the from the bodily aspect, the physical. Uh, what's the relationship with with being more functional than physical? Transferring that into a concept, for example, when I'm throwing it up, like you've got the physical motivation and you've got the functional. One that's quite egotistical, I guess, and then one that's more kind of like, well, functional. It's like, okay, this is more long, long-term. Mm-hmm. Well, what's a positive outlook on your on your fitness, I guess, mate? I think a bit of both. I think it's okay to have a bit of a approach to fitness where you're doing it because you want to look good, because who don't want to look good, right? You want to... <laughs> You want, to, you want to see improvement. You don't just want to go out to the gym and just look the same as you did a year ago. You want to see a bit of improvement. So sure. aesthetics are important, but even more important is your, your health. And, uh-huh. you know, you might be getting bigger biceps and getting bigger, but if you're doing yourself in at the same time, then yeah. it's just pointless, isn't it? It's just pointless. So I think a mix of both, making sure, yeah, you're changing your body, you're improving, but at the same time, you're thinking about the long term and you're not destroying any of your joints or anything like that. I think that's the happy medium yes. between the two. And yeah, I guess a lot of these bodybuilder types who go up on stages and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they might be. Some of them are very be, good, but yeah. the majority are very, uh, very much, yeah, they're short term satisfied, you know, they're pumping steads for days. And yeah. They, they don't realize what they're really doing in terms of like their, their pro- calorie intake per day. It's just unhealthy, you know. Right, yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's one thing, isn't it? Ah, and it's very narcissistic, uh, egotistical, and they just don't know what they're doing with their body, most of them. I wouldn't say that's a pain on everybody with the same brush, but you're playing with lots of factors there, and it's just not healthy. Oh, I think we'll wrap up very soon, mate. I think yeah. we, we've, we've gone on a tangent. It's been yeah, good. Yeah. It's been very good. I've got some bloody juice out of you. Yeah. But a good old lemon. It's all that matcha, man. It's intense, it's, man. It's good stuff, man. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like green tea, but supercharged, right? Marco said he wanted green tea and I've cocked him right up. I, I know when, when we had a coffee, right, in that crate cafe. Oh, God. <laughs> there was one time Marco had a uh, coffee. <laughs> he was on his bike with his sunglasses on, I think. And he went, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see you for like a few hours because the yeah, caffeine, man. wasn't it? Like for you and Kat. Like, Does me in. Does <laughs> Sends me under. Anxiety central. It's, no, thank you. Yeah. Come I mean, down. I think there is with coffee, there's a whole new science to it. I think this depends on the bean depends how it's curated because sometimes I'm like yeah I have PTSD from some cafes I just <laughs> order a bad coffee and they're like in the corner with my, my laptop Shaking. I'm like get me out of here get me out of here Hubert <laughs> 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 <Turn> to <laughs> salad fingers <laughs> in the corner rocking rusty spoons <laughs> firing back to now we've got the match and we've got that little bit of caffeine for you mate this is quick fire okay okay let's go so this is a quick fire to end up what has been a wicked combo we've got some quick wicked content here but the final three questions i think the first one is going to be if you had any this isn't very quick fire <laughs> <laughs> if you if you had a piece of advice to give to your 14 year old self of like young teenager yeah what would that be have a laugh doctor everything too seriously school's easy you're gonna make it through just enjoy yourself quality right next one what do you think makes a real man a real man I don't think you can't there's, there's no real man why just real quick because it's just it's just a human who has a dick right <laughs> <laughs> that makes a real man if you're born with a dick I guess you're a real man we, are we quite lu- do you think we're lucky in that sense do you think I know this is now going to get into what, that, that that we're not a woman yeah yeah I feel lucky I don't have to go through all that uh-huh. stuff shout out <laughs> that to stuff. the wives and the, the yeah, child man. out there man they're doing it respect 
big respect. Rather you than me. I like that idea, mate. We're just just human beings, Adam and Eve, that kind of thing. And then the final one is what? Oh, Adam and Steve. That's fine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, <clears throat> that's cool. Absolutely. And the final one is what is a fulfilling life to you, mate? I know it's quite a tough one. Fulfilling life. Having a feeling feeling of purpose right. as to why why you're living. For me, that's that's what fulfills me anyway. Having some kind of mission. A mission. Like you're playing COD. Capture oh, the flag. Capture the flag. Oh. <laughs> capture Marco. the culture. Right flank, right flank. Yeah, I was saying the new COD's out. New yeah, COD? Yeah, I need to get Another shout out. Yeah, do you know Affiliate what links are on this case. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what though, if they don't have zombies, I'm not playing it. Yeah, I don't know if it's a zombie one. It's like, it's Infinity Ward and Treyarch, innit? And it's one of them who do the zombies. I don't know. It's a modern warfare one. Tell you what. You know what? One day, I think we're going to do a Twitch, get on Twitch, get, yeah. get a studio up, me and Marco. But again, we've gone off on a mad tangent, but I, I think there's some real deals in there, bro. And I just want to appreciate you for being a prime example. This is like real genuine. You've got to where you have. You know, I, I see you get invited to talks around in the local area, delivering some good inspiration. And it's just a real inspiration to follow and, and just follow the journey of. And what you've been involved in, man, is f- inspiring. I feel quite a bit like, oh God, I've got Marco sat on me, not on me lap. <laughs> get on your lap by Santa if you want, man. It's a pleasure, mate, and I'm just pretty grateful for our friendship. And it's been Thank a you, good, break in, good break into the first episode. But bro, just to give you a test, what do we do? We keep it healthy. And keep it funky. 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 Well, I'm funky and chunky. Oi. Whatever you're feeling, man. I know. I know the whole palette. Got it all. <laughs> right. Thanks for listening, guys. If you tuned in, hopefully some gold in here. Comedy gold. But thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you, man. Wish you the best. It's been awesome. Memories. Thank you, and you too. <laughs>